And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you on a Tuesday morning. Allison Lucan is here as well. Good morning. Yes, and things are starting to come into focus, are they not, Allison, where the roster has been paired? Now it's starting to come into focus what these Blue Jackets are thinking about and a surprise move not a super crazy surprise but i think the timing of it makes it a surprise more than anything uh on monday marcus hanakainen placed on waivers a player with a one-way contract a player who's seen considerable time in columbus the last few years uh is on on waivers if he clears he will go to minor league cleveland not the only move they made yesterday um, Zach Dalpe, Ryan McGinnis also placed on waivers. Adam Clendenning placed on waivers. But that's the one that stands out, I think, most because of the one-way contract and, again, because of the timing. This isn't the last cut of camp. Uh, this, is a, this is a decision, not one of the top 13 and, and not really up for discussion because there are, I think, 16 forwards still left 15 healthy right um, so you could say i think fairly marcus hanekon and not one of the team's top 15 forwards does that surprise you allison i mean i think we we know that uh Kynan has certainly been kind of on that cusp um he had to fight his way in and out of the lineup last year 
and, and, and had to work his way up to be a permanent fixture in Columbus even before that. But yes, this, this did surprise me. I think it's, it's an interesting statement, um, even to the room, right, that a, yep. a guy on a one-way is headed down to your point well before the deadline. But I also think it's a, it's a good message in the sense that this front office and this coaching staff continues to reiterate, we're going to take the best guys that we think are the best guys right now. We're not, it's not going to be just about contracts. It's not going to be about that solely. So a surprise, but a, a, I don't want to say positive because I'm sure the player is not happy about it, but I think it, it's a positive statement in terms of what it says about the decision-making of the organization right now. Yeah, and we should be clear. The teams the teams do not like to bury one-way contracts. For sure. In this case, Hannah Kine is making seven fifty, so it's not like he's making you know two and a half million or something, and they're paying him to go to go play in Cleveland. It's not like he can't come back. Of course he can. Right. Uh, this just clears him through waivers. He, of course, he could come back. Uh, my issue with Hanekinen is like there's just too many vanilla games. There's just too yeah. many. What what are you bringing to this party? Um, and you can't show up empty-handed very long, no matter what role you're in. Um, and I think they feel like they've got some penalty killers now, where I, they're that they can make their way around uh, without him. So we'll find out today at noon uh, if he clears. If the others clear as well, uh, and just to paint the picture here, let's go first to the forwards. Um, you know, we, uh, pay no attention to the second edition of our roster breakdown. <laughs> we had Hannah Kynan as a roster lock just because of the of his contractual uh, agreement with the club. And, and I, you know, there's a couple of those every year, and so it's good. But the guys that I think should be seen as on the outside looking in for two of the spots. So I could go quickly through the eleven forwards where you go. Okay, now those guys truly are on the team. Right. Anderson, Atkinson, Bjorkstrand, Dubinsky, Dubois, Felino, Jenner, Nash, Nyquist, Texier, Winberg. That's eleven. So there's four other guys still in, in camp and healthy. You suspect they take two of them: Bemstrom, Dano, Jakob Lilia, and Sonny Milano. And I think this is a really difficult decision. I think Bemstrom's on the team. Think Bemstrom's on the team, so maybe it's two of Dano, Lilia, and Milano. Yeah. And I don't know where it goes there. Do you have any inkling, any thought on what might separate one from the other two, or? Two from the other two, right. if, we, if we include Bemstrom. I mean, I think it's 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 going to be interesting to watch the decision because I think it will tell us a lot about how this team hopes to compete this season, right? So if you, yeah. if I agree, I think Bemstrom is is fairly secure to make the team given some of Tortorella's comments of late. But you know, if they go with a, a Milano. Are, are they really just going to try and harness his offensive firepower and hope that that works out? If they go with a Dano, are they going for more of a rough-and-tumble fourth line? Lilia, I don't know that I have a great read on him yet. He had two goals in St. Louis, um, but I did not see that game live, so not sure on his overall performance, but obviously getting on the score sheet helps you. Um, I think the the play personalities – that they select tell us if what they want that bottom six to really look like look like and the role that they're going to ask those players to play. 
Yeah, and I think that uh, we've known this for a while, but fourth lines are not what fourth lines used to be. Right. And so Riley Nash is on that fourth line. I don't know who else is next to him, though. It does. Dubinsky, we talked earlier about burying contracts. Now, that's that's one where your jaw hits the floor if it comes to that right. there. Right. I don't think he's had a great camp, but to bury almost $6 million bucks in the minors is something that this club has never done before, I, and I, I find it hard to believe that they would. So, but is Dubinsky a regular anymore? Does he right. does he sign up next to Nash in the left wing for the bulk of the season? I I don't know. Right. Um, and d- does do Dubinsky, Nash, and Bemstrom make a line like that? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what you're looking at there. And, and you know, Lilia played with Bemstrom, right? So, is, yeah. is that something they think is important to harness? That I don't know that. Either. I mean, I right now I look at at these four players, and I could make a case. Well, let's take Bemstrom out of it because we we both kind of agree there. We look at the remaining three. I can make a case for and against each of them, <laughs> right? To make right. to make the lineup. It it again depends what they want that fourth line to be. I think that they want to be able to. To your point, it's not a quote unquote standard fourth line anymore. I think they want to be able to roll as much as they can. Um, that's an identity that really worked for them a couple years ago. So who they pick here is is going to be interesting. And, and to your points earlier, you know, Sonny Milano is also a player who now needs to, to clear waivers. Um, yeah. Is that a risk that they want to take? Because that's a little bit of a different situation, a former first-round pick, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and to, looking at this group, Dano and Milano need to clear waivers. Yes. So something to consider. I think they could get Dano through. Agree. Um, I think they have been open to trading Milano for a while now. And the fact that he hasn't been traded suggests they haven't gotten even a respectable offer. Right. Which makes me wonder if if he would clear waivers. I don't know. And honestly, I'll say this too on the on the kid's behalf, two things. He comes into camp, he scored a couple of goals. And it almost it doesn't even register because yeah. of course he's going to score goals. Yeah. Like, what else are you going to do, kid? Uh, that's never been the question. And so he has a good camp, and it's like it still doesn't even register because he's got to do all the other stuff that he's never been able to do before: play away from the puck, just the taking care of the puck, yeah, uh, knowing when it's time to 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 be risky and creative with it, and when it's time to just get the hell off the ice and let somebody else give it a whirl for for two or three shifts. Um, so there's that. The other thing is, in my opinion, like this is why the waiver system works the way it does in part. If the Blue Jackets deem him not worthy to be in the NHL right now or not one of their top 13 forwards anyways, then maybe he should go somewhere else. Right, right. Like, And maybe they should be okay with that. Like, there, There's really, I think, I think it's come to that moment with this organization and with Milano where it's like they may just be done with each other yeah and uh, yep former first round draft pick for sure it was a number of years ago now um, there's a lot of other first round draft picks that have that have come and gone Kirby that were over Kirby Reichel gone um, you know and so they're not all going to turn out maybe it's just time for Milano to move on maybe he just does need a, a different 
different opportunity. I don't I don't know, but it just it just still doesn't feel. I'd be surprised if he sticks around long term here. Well, and what's interesting too, and and you and I were talking about this at the rink the other day. It, it's been if there's ever been a better case to put in a rail system between Cleveland and Columbus, this past week might be it because yeah. they've kind of chunked. You know, in the past you might see these kind of waiver slash reassignment announcements go in bigger chunks, and we've seen onesie twosies and then a chunk and and kind of all over the place there and you know a couple days in a row with a couple players here and there but you know the other there's a there could be a strategy here and this might speak to the Hannah Kynan and the and the Clendenning decisions of of the timing because if you pick someone correct me if I'm wrong here if you pick someone up off waivers in the preseason they have to be on your opening night roster correct uh that's a good question I know yeah um I don't know if that's the case. I, I know that. I mean, obviously, if if you claim him, so this is the difficult part. If somebody claims Sonny Milano, then he is in their then the, he is on their NHL team, and for them to send him to the minors, they would also have to get him to clear through waivers. Right, 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 right. So in theory, the Blue Jackets or any other team could just claim him right back again. Right, and that you know that's the so there there could be if if I don't disagree with your comment of maybe it's time for a fresh start, but. There could also be a timing of waivers strategy oh, here that sure. that helps them try to get him to Cleveland if if that's in fact what they ideally want to do. Yeah, and so I mean, this is the kind of stuff that front offices do all the time. Right. So you're you're looking at like, okay, who has even expressed a little bit of interest in Sonny Milano through the years? Right. Who might claim him? And again, they may be fine with somebody claiming him at this point. But just for instance, if it's Milano, who has shown some interest in him? Who has a dearth of forwards that could really seem to be a logical team to acquire him? Where are they at now with their camp? Do they have 48 players under contract? And so claiming a 49th might put them in an awkward spot. Uh, If so, maybe today's the day you pounce and put him through waivers. Right, right, right. Those are the kind of things that they think about if a team's got 14 defensemen and you think that's a team that might be interested in clendenning go now right go exactly now exactly uh, yeah so yeah and it's, this is the sort of behind the scenes machinations that uh, sometimes don't get recognized but it, it'll be interesting to see what that fourth line looks like we think we know what the top three lines look like and that's been impressive how that's sort of been clear from the start of camp <laughs> right uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see when the uh, bullets start to fly if they stick with it. But that's that's uh, Texier with Dubois and Atkinson, uh, Nyquist, Wenberg, and Bjorkstrand, and then the veteran, the the bang line, if you will, uh, Felino, Jenner, and Anderson. Now, I should think if Bemstrom is on this club as we think he is. And if Milano's on this club, as we think he is, a player like Oliver Bjorkstrand should be on high alert, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, to not be expecting to get your game together in December. It needs to be going ready really quickly because either of those guys could, could jump up and, and take a spot on that second line, uh, even on the right side for Milano. So interesting, interesting uh, um, elements going on at the forward Spot, Allison. You're going to write about this later in the week, but let's let's get in on the defenseman 
now. They're down to seven defensemen in camp. Uh, you probably know about Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, Harrington, Kukan, Murray, Nudavara, Savard. Those are the guys that anybody could have picked out from the start. That's seven. Where do they go here with Gavrikov or Peak? I think we have a pretty good idea, right? Right. I mean, I think that... And, and, you know, we speak about surprises. It's, it is always nice to talk about the positive surprises. It's It would be easy, I think, for people to say, oh, well, you know, Peak can go through waivers. This would be his first full season. He should start in Cleveland. I think that's an easy mental path to take, but it's a, it's yep. a nice statement to see what he's done and that he, he is still here in Columbus um, even after Clendenning has been – put through waivers and again that could be a timing thing like we talked about but um that's surprising to me but i think that it's likely barring something crazy that he does head to cleveland um to start just to get him playing time right yeah um but so you're really looking at a battle for that final spot if you will in terms of regular playing time between kukan harrington and gavrikov and i you know just like i said about the forward lines i think that each of those players helps present a different identity for the defense. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to see, you know, I've, I've talked about this for a while. Kukan is, is definitely the most beneficial offensively. Um, I actually talked to him. We'll have more about this this week. I talked to him earlier. He's changed his stick. He, he heard the message loud and clear after that goal in the Boston series to try and become more effective in terms of actually scoring. Um, you know, Harrington and Gavrikov are a little bit more defensively minded and Gavrikov played two games in North America. So there's an adjustment period there. Is that a player that you want to, you know, start putting into the fire right away or, or manage his development a little bit differently as well? Um, but, you know, it, it, it feels to me like Kukan might get a shot. Um, I'm still curious. I feel like the, the coaching staff might be playing a little bit of a cat and mouse with us, sometimes putting Jones and Wierenski together, sometimes not, <laughs> to right. see if, if those two stay. Um, because if they don't, I think that's a different look defensively as well. Um, but yeah, I think you know, th- I think it's going to be those three guys, Kukan, Harrington, and Gavrikov, fighting it out with Harrington and Kuk's probably getting the first looks. I tend to lean a little bit more towards Kukan, but we'll see. See, I'm I'm bullish on Gavrikov still, but do you, I don't I'm not not bullish, but I don't know that he's the guy to start the season in the lineup. Do you think well, so? Let, let me say I mean bullish as compared to Harrington and Kukan. Okay, state your case. Well, I just think his I like his all around game. Okay, I like his his size, his puck moving. I think he's a little bit more physical than Kukan, and I think he's Would a little agree. bit more skilled than Harrington. Agree. I agree with both of those statements. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a bad choice here. I think Harrington really showed a, a lot of people something last year and played a lot more games. And I think, what do you have, 72 games? Something like that. I mean, and, and he really yeah. fell into his role, didn't he? He did. He did. He's a stay at home and he's a banger. Yep. And he doesn't try to be what he's not. You right. Know? Right. Um, I still don't think we know entirely what Kukan is. Um, but they, they have been so excited for Gavrikov for so many years now. It's true. Um, so I, I, I don't know what they're thinking, obviously, internally, as camp get you know starts to wind down here. Um, but I, I the other thing, and many, many uh, readers have, have wondered this too, 
Gavrikov's not playing in on that third pair regularly, he doesn't need waivers. Neither does right, Peak, but right. he doesn't need waivers. Why keep eight here if you don't need to? Well, you know, and that's I said this in our Q and A last week or yesterday. My goodness, I, you know, I'm curious to see truly how they manage Murray's workload this season, and I have yes. I have no problem with them saying, you know, there might be a few games where where Murray just doesn't play, yeah. because and we we will take that that hit in the regular season to ensure his continued health, particularly for a presumed off-season push. And so if that's the case, you know, then that begs the question of, do you keep eight in Columbus? Are you moving one or two guys up and down 71 all the time? Um, But, you know, I I think that, I think that that could be a factor in their consideration of eight defensemen. Yeah, for sure. And I also think this comes into play with Murray. It's like, it, it makes sense to me to do that. Yeah. But if the injury, if the injury was a one, not a one-time thing. It was a single incident injury. Right. Each time. Then I don't see the point of it. If, if it was, if it's a wear and tear breaking down type injury, then there's nothing else should be considered. Of course he should have like, one out of every four games off and probably no back to backs. Right, right. If you can do that, I mean, like that's a tough tough way to go for a player who's still kind of young like he is, but if that's what keeps him healthy all season and it's a wear and tear injury, then of course then uh, they would be idiots to not do that. Right. He's that good. But if if it's no he got hit, boom, there and and that's how he hurt the back this time. Here's a hit there, and it's single incident injuries. And I, man, I, I don't know what's to be gained by just giving him a, a spot game off here and there. But that's something that medically only they would know. Right, right. They have not. They've chosen not to share <laughs> that kind of yeah. stuff with us. Right, and poor Murray's like. You know, I don't dislike you guys. But can we talk about something other than my injuries? <laughs> totally. You know? It's kind of like Warensky. It's like. Nice, Eric Warinsky, Wenberg, super nice kid, but like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta answer this again when oh, I really exactly. have never answered it before. Just right. look, can I just play? Um, but yeah, so that, that's gonna be interesting. And and if if geez, if Jones and Warinsky don't pair together, what do the top two pairs look like? Well, th- this is where I mean. And I, I mean, I might be presuming too much in terms of gamesmanship, but are you more interesting and challenging to an opponent if your top four move around a little bit through the season? I mean, yeah. I and that's this is again where I think I think that this is why you need Murray healthy because Murray and Jones have always been lethal together, right? So I think that that there's your option if you split. And then you put Wierenski with potentially a Savard. Do you, I mean, we haven't seen Wierenski with a Gavrikov. That could be right. interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know that Wierenski Harrington makes it. I don't know that that is a truly successful pairing just because of the two styles of play. Um, but yeah, that's where that's where you could have some fun too, and also potentially provide some of that different playing time to all eight guys if we presume there are eight right yeah Murray just looks so good with Jones so last good. year so good at times 
Um, and I think both of those guys are so damn good they can play with anybody. Right. Um, I also wonder if part of this, and, and maybe we can uh, grind this out of torch today, if the feeling is that Wierenski's, or he looks bigger, if his game has, has come uh, around enough, is well-rounded enough that he doesn't maybe need Jones to protect him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That maybe he can start carrying a pair. Well, exactly. Um, there's so much about that kid's game that's awesome, Orensky's. Well, yeah, if but, you look at, at those three, they're all top pair guys when healthy. Correct. And that's why I would maybe shy against Harrington because I don't know if you want him playing higher than a third pair. Agree. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could – Murray Jones, Orensky, Savard, and I think in, in, in time, if he's not there already, I think Gavrikov has top four ability as well. Yep. Nudo yep, yep. is not out of place next to Savard in the second pair either. Right. And, and you know, that's, <clears throat> that's the thing with Nudie, I think is that for him, he is so, he's kind of the guy in waiting to take on that Rover role. Right. Yeah, so he's, right. he's just, he's kind of still getting there, but he has a lot of that potential in him. And, and that's why he doesn't get into the top four. If you split Jones and Wierenski, in my opinion, just because he needs, he needs a guy like Savard on, on the other side of him. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's what happens. Is it Wierenski, Savard, Hannah, excuse me, Nudavara, Gavrikov? You know, I don't know. It's right. all very interesting. Well, and we're kicking all these names around. We're like, wow, they are so deep defensively. Eight <laughs> peaks promising. Clint Denning looked good when he was up last season. Uh, and this is what we've been saying for a while, and it's it's out there around the league too. We're not alone in this. That if that it's not out of the question that the Blue Jackets make a trade involving defensemen. Right. Now the Murray Murray is such a difficult guy because it, it's the cycle, right? It's like you can't trade him right now because teams are like, well, is he is he ever going to be healthy? We need a physical before we can approve this trade. House is back. We're not interested. He's injury prone. Whatever. And then he starts to play, and you're like, oh, my God, he's good. We're not trading him now. Are you crazy? Right? It's like this cycle. Right. And I, I, I don't know that it's – I don't know that if he gets up and playing well this year and they could move him for a significant forward, which I, I don't think they could right now just because of the injury mm-hmm. risk, I think that's something they would consider. I also think it's wise from their case. It's okay to have uh, a big-time roster strength and to have depth at a – a position and just kind of sit and wait and see what's what's out there and what's needed um, around the league and maybe you're in more of a driver's seat with it if you if you let it breathe a little bit here I, I, you know let's just be honest it's not out of the question that this team could get to mid to late November and say okay this team needs a goalie right this is an issue and I mean, I, I think I think they're going to be fine, Corpusalo and Merzlikens, but nobody knows. Right, right. Nobody knows. So I, I think it's wise to hold on to that and see exactly what you need to go shopping for um, rather than to do it right now just be, because you can. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see and monitor that as it goes along. Um, Allison, what else is of interest with this club right now? They've got a pre preseason game number five, I believe, on Correct. Wednesday. Correct. And that leaves them with two more, and then they've got to get Corpusalo and Merzlikin some work. They are 
the only two legit NHL goalies left in camp. They've got Hayden Stewart here as well as an extra. Uh, he's a tryout guy who's probably going to play in the coast right. again this year. Right. Um, so that that's the one position that's set. But and and here's a good question for you. They've got three games left. I think the goalies are in the point now where they go the distance. Yep. If you're these Blue Jackets, does Corpusalo get two of the final three because he's your guy, or does Merzlikens get two of the final three because that dude needs to get some work and see what it's like here in the big leagues? Mm. Let's see. we'll good. see. So it goes Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Yes. And then no games for a week. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And then they count. <clears throat> you know, it, it, I will probably change my mind by the time we finish this discussion, but I kind of lean towards one for Corpy, two for Elvis, because we presume that Corpus Allo is going to get opening night, right? So he's going to start seeing act, regular action before Elvis. So maybe you give him the lesser workload because he's going to start getting it soon. And yeah. he's more accustomed to the North American game. Yeah. Or maybe just say, Corpy, what do you want, bud? Yeah, agree. You get two of these. You're the guy now, Corpy. Corpy, right. you're the freaking guy. <laughs> you're a boy. All right. You're the guy. It's you that hugs Felino now. Oh, boy. Should they do that or should that have? Should that just go? I think that it's time for something new. That's my opinion. Do you? Yeah. I mean... That, that tradition was very specific to those two players and it you know it kind of carried on into you know Jay and Dan were were doing it and all that stuff I feel like it's time for time for something new no headbutting it, though <laughs> it felt awkward last year a little bit yes it felt like Doug Adair and Mona Scott in their <laughs> last year channel four were like it felt contrived on the air you just revealed how old you and I both are <laughs> and everyone's like oh, I <laughs> Mona Scott, what the hell? <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay. Well, we should, uh, I think we may have gotten to this in the last podcast. We should reiterate it now. Uh, Front Nationwide has been picked up, as it were. Woohoo! And we're going to, we've got a full-time, like, producer and stuff, new microphones, equipment. We're, we're, uh, I don't want to say we're a big deal. We're just uh, legit now. <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be soon beginning early October available through the athletic website. So you won't have to go looking for it on SoundCloud, nothing against the fine people at SoundCloud. Uh, we will be doing two a week. One of them will be free. The other one will be behind the paywall. Uh, this is a subscription service after all. And so look for that early October. It will dawn. I would say that first Tuesday in October, I think we're going to keep to the Tuesday, Friday, um, the rollout, if you will, the Tuesday most likely will be the free one. The Friday most likely will be behind the wall. That's not settled yet. It will still be front and nationwide. It'll just be easier for you to get. Uh, so we're looking forward to another full season of this. This is number 80 for us. And we're hoping to do exactly 82 of them, a full season, if you will, <laughs> before uh, we start the new the new format. So something to look for there. Anything to add to that, Allison? Nothing on the podcast. You covered it. Okay. Well, awesome. We're we're uh, grateful for you all to uh, to be here. Looking forward to another season, and lots of uh, interesting stuff coming here in the the next uh, week or so as the Blue Jackets ramp up to 
uh, their season, their 19th season on the ice. There's some other hockey coming to Columbus too, Porty. Go. Starting this weekend, the Ohio State women kick off their season. This should be a really exciting one um, for them. And then it's October 12th, so a few weeks from now is when the Ohio State men kick off their season. So uh, go out, check out some of those games as well. We'll be talking about them. Now tell me what's exciting about the women's season coming up. How good can this team be? We're talking national implications. I mean, I think that they can get back into the NCAA and hopefully Frozen Four conversation. They've solidified their goaltending now. Andrea Brandley was really a delightful surprise uh, last season. Um, their defense really, I mean, it's, it's funny. We look at some of the themes of just Central Ohio hockey in general. Their defense is really strong, and they've got some seasoning now, some veterans, some stability. Um, they've got a coach who's been there a bit now. So um, this is a new dawn in women's hockey. It's been going on for a couple of years now at Ohio State, and uh, I think that they're hoping, and I think that it is very possible that they can be back into the playoff consideration this season. It's awesome. Awesome. And, of course, the hopes are, are high, really high for the men's team as well. We'll get to that uh, as their opener draws near. Uh, Allison, thanks for joining us. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading our coverage. And we'll continue to be with you soon. Talk to you on Friday. Take care. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.